Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. We appreciate everybody that's tuning in. Check us out. We're up on YouTube now. Like and subscribe. I've got to say that. It's what you say when you got things on YouTube. So with Big Honker Podcast on YouTube, all episodes will be going to there in their visual form. Ah, rejoice, ladies and gentlemen, because the Looking Glass Duck Club has fired back up. They're rocking and rolling, Jeffrey. Doing two episodes a month, I believe is what it is for now. And then the pressure will be on, and then we'll be up to and four. And the pressure will be on. There'll, and, there'll be a once-a-week podcast before it's all said and done. They'll cave. They'll cave. I was the insider on this, and he never <laughs> gave, me any comp, gave me no credit on this at all. And I told you. Like, you did. Jeff, you don't know, Jeff. You don't. Jeff knows. Jeff you, knows. You called it. You called it about a month ago. You said they'll they'll be back. Yep. I thought you were just being a prick tease to all these people. No, but, I, I had vital information. But they are back. You can check them out. You have to pay via Patreon, and then you can get access to old episodes, new episodes, and all that stuff. The bourbon reviews are free uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So, but they are back, and a lot of people are excited. So go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Also, we're brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. It is beautiful, beautiful whiskey. Ships straight to your door. You, if you can't find it at your liquor store, all you got to do is go to their website, Bangtail Whiskey, and they will deliver it to you. It is it is very, very good whiskey. Brandon Bing done a great job on his whiskey. It's very, very popular and growing and gets shipped to you directly, so bangtailwhiskey.com. It's very smooth and has a nice finish. They should call it the Andy. Let's, let's maybe they'll name one after you. Next, let's talk about Stanfield Hunting Outfitters real quick. I'm not going to plug much about us. I've got some specials that I'm running. Holler at me. I'm going to do a three man hunt. December 14, 15, and 16. Three man, big honker podcast hunt. Be three morning goose hunts, lodging, breakfast, or lodging and meals for a thousand dollars a person. You got to hunt all three days. That's December 14, 15, and 16. And that's it, StanfieldHuntingOutfitters.com, or just holler at me, but it's going to be opening. I've got a spot for 8 to 12 guys. Can't beat it. That's come what, out and see us. Yep, come be, see us. Hopefully we get some old man winter, old man winter and uh, be nice. Goose Creek Retrievers. Woo! Goose Creek Retrievers. We had Matt Peel on not too long ago. Um, they've got a program for every dog of every age of every skill set. I mean, if you're – if you've got that new puppy and you're not wanting to do all the uh, housebreaking and potty training and all that stuff, Matt's got a program. You can send them up there and they'll take care of it. Um, other than that, they've—I mean—they're training dogs all the time, field trial dogs, hunt test dogs, and uh, just regular old working dogs. So check them out at Goose Creek Retrievers and uh, tell them that the Big Honker Podcast Boys sent you. But it is time to get your dog ready. It's hunting season will be here. I guess uh, waterfowl season's only about, what, six months away? Oh, no, it's closer to Five now. months away if you talk about uh, September, September 1. September 1, basically. So we're a little bit under. That's actually not much time. So if, you, uh, if you're needing your, your dog trained, you better get on the horn. 138 days. That's not many, but... Just enough time for new puppies. Check them out, Goose Creek Retrievers. Also, we're brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. So if you do decide to do this alone and you're going to train your Fido all by yourself, you need some tools. Gundog Outdoors has a new bumper that uh, I would highly recommend you looking at. They've also got safety equipment for your dog. They've got a quick-release system, which I think every dog uh, I think every dog owner should have in their arsenal because all it takes is one-time breaking, and it's a bad day all of a sudden. So um, They've got a field trauma kit that I highly recommend everybody have in their hunting bag or in their pickup. Uh, stop, stop, uh, stop the bleeding, stay warm, 
whatever you need. It kind of covers all your bases. So check them out at Gundog Outdoors and uh, take care of your four-legged hunting buddy. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. BHP 25 will save you 25% off at checkout. It's turkey season. They've got a brand new crystal slate out, and that thing purrs the turkey love language. You can go to PacificCustomCalls.com. Um, they're also kind of reworking the 206, which is a lesser Canada call that I really, really like. That's my go-to Canada call. And uh, that will drop uh, summertime. So they got a lot of cool things going on over at Pacific Calls. But like I said, it is turkey season, and uh, you need a new one. This new crystal slate is the kitten's mitten. So check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com. And let's go over to Blind Grass. Not just a grass company. Nope. When you... If you're in a boat or in water, dry bags, gun bags, anything that will keep your your valuables dry is what you need, and they have all that. And they also have grass systems for your damn layout blinds, your boat, whatever it is. It's not going to get heavy. It's not going to mold, and it's at blindgrass.com. And it, it'll save you having to rebrush your blind every day. So it's a synthetic material. It goes right onto your blind just like regular grass, but it doesn't break and it doesn't rot, and uh, it's 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 what you need to do your uh, A-frame or your boat once and forget about it. So check them out at blindgrass.com. We're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries, the leader in silhouette manufacturing 2021. It's time to get skinny, right, Jeff? Yep, go to the Squad Fest, get skinny. They call it being a Stanfield now, <laughs> getting skinny. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, they've, they've got everything. They've got everything from silhouettes to floaters, uh, you name it, they've got it. <clears throat> and, uh, the bags are, it's, it's what set them apart in my mind from other silhouette companies, because I like to say organized and dive bomb just facilitated that. So check them out. Dive bomb industries and, you know, come to squad fish June 10th, 11th and 12th in St. Louis and come by and see us. Get entered into the calling contest, a lot of prizes. So or the cornhole throwing contest. Whatever. Some more my speed. Yeah. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Boss Tom. Oof. Does it do a number on them? It is ugly, ugly, ugly what Boss Tom does to that to that gobbler at the end of your barrel. They also sell bismuth, copper plated bismuth. And do not wait until the last minute to get your shotgun shells ordered this year. Um, with some of the shortages that we've seen and su- the supply chain being broken, if you wait till the last minute, you might not get shotgun shells. So go to BossShotShells.com and get what you're going to need for turkey season. Uh, my understanding is they did not make just a whole lot of Boss Tom, so if you want some of that, you better get on the horn with Brandon or Meg and get it coming your way at BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it ain't the duck. All made here in Texas. That's how I start my morning every day, with a fresh cup of the duck. High velocity. Gets my day going just right. They'll ship it straight to your door. You can support the Dirty Duck Coffee family and uh, start your morning off right with Dirty Duck Coffee. They also have good-looking swag there at Dirty Duck. They've got uh, a shirt that's really, really cool. Got Mr. Clint Eastwood. It's a Missouri boat ride shirt and uh, would look good in any hunting collection. So check them out, Dirty Duck Coffee. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, the best A-frame on the market, by far four grown men. They've also got some of the best spinners that I've ever seen. They're waterproof, works with the remote. 
Uh, no more having to get up to turn it on. No more. If it takes a plunge, you can't use it anymore. They figured it out. Lucky Duck is the way to go. They also sell turkey decoys. So if you're into that uh, turkey hunting, check them out, luckyduck.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we're joined by David Weber. He is the owner of Tri-State Outfitters up in Oklahoma. Uh, fairly new company, young guy. He, uh, he got to start a couple years ago. And uh, we just talked to him about what he's learned since he started, how he has changed as a hunter. And uh, it's a good podcast. We had a lot of fun with him. We hope that you enjoy it. Here he is, David Weber. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Honker Podcast (laughs) brought to you by Boss. Knew you would do it. This is plain old Jeff Stanfield with the world fucking famous Andy Shaver. (laughs) I knew he'd fuck something up because we were talking. He was getting your last name right. I haven't even introduced him yet. And It doesn't matter. You fucked up the introduction, and that's all that matters. And that's all that I was saying you would do. We got a new series now out, and it's going to be an outfitter series, and we're going to bring in guest outfitters from across the country, let them talk about how they started, where they're at, and uh, just let them talk about themselves. And we're going to start out with a friend of ours, David Weber, from Mutual, Oklahoma. David, how are you doing, sir? Oh, not too bad. Up a little too early this morning, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. So you chasing gobblers this morning, or what? No, actually, I've got to go out one time this season. I woke up that morning sick as hell and didn't get to get out till about 2 o'clock and pretty much wasted my time with the low turkey numbers up here. I've heard that. I've heard that Oklahoma is just the numbers have plummeted. Man, right here where I live, it's turkey central, and it, it's bad. What is it? Is it the eye worms, or is it poor habitat? That's what people say, but, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's just no one really needs to kill three birds up here, but. I don't know what it is. You know, it, it's weird. Our birds here have not acted have not acted right for for whatever reasons. Our, our I, I think uh, I think the cold weather in February. I think it's pushed them back a little bit. But like the toms are just they get their hens first thing in the morning, and that they're pretty well shut up. It's been weird. It's been a weird year here. Yeah, see, a lot of our birds are still grouped up, and yep. you know, respond to calls. And as soon as they're off the roost, they're already with their hens, and they're gone. Yeah, um, Stoner's here for a couple days, and him and I, and I had turkey hunts all last week, but uh, him and I just kind of messed around a couple days, and uh, I'm telling you, man, once the toms get off the roost, they get those, they get those hens, and then the fucking hen will lead them away from you, and it's, it's been, it's been weird, and like, even the afternoons, they've not been as vocal as what I've, as what I'm accustomed to hunting with Rios. Yep, yep. I don't know, it's, it's 20 feels like 2020 all over again. Are, is it cold up there? I know it has to be because it's colder here than it has been. It's supposed to be cold all week. Are y'all, y'all have a freeze again, won't y'all? Uh, shit, I hope not. I just saw on Facebook we're supposed to be, you know, about March temperatures for the next 10 days. So yeah, that'll I, screw with a little more. 
Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we need for the turkeys. That's we need yeah. them. We need sunshine and warm weather to get them to start banging some of these hens and get them sitting on nests so that they can come oh, to me. Yeah. We're supposed to be in the 30s here over the weekend. What? Yes. You're fucking. No, I'm not either. You're insane. Should know 37 degrees Saturday night, 39 Sunday night. Looking at it right now, so you're gonna probably get close to having a freeze where you are. Well, it's colder now usually than it is during damn waterfowl season. Yeah, yeah no it, shit. Yeah, this is a lot nicer than it was in fucking late November. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> you did you, you grew up? You're in Mutual, Oklahoma, which basically you're the Woodward guyman between that area and there somewhere, correct? Uh, I'd be uh, southwest of, or southeast of Woodward. Southeast of Woodward. I chase tornadoes up there sometimes. That's a fun little area. Uh, There's plenty of. Well, I'll be up that way pretty soon. I hope. Um, what is uh? How'd you get into the hunting business? You you grew Man, up you grew up out there, really right? What was that? You grew up out there. Yeah. Uh, so I was born in Odessa, Texas. We moved to Oklahoma whenever I was pretty young. So this is pretty much all I know. Uh, I didn't actually grow up in a hunting family. Uh, my dad was probably the first one to take me hunting, and he has no damn idea what the hell he's doing either. <laughs> Still to this uh, day? And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My buddy sold me a bow whenever I was 12, 13, and from then on, it's just been hunting every day and fishing and doing everything I can to be outdoors. And, hell, I was, you know, doing the whole oil field grind and making money for someone else, and I was like, hell, you know, maybe I can make some money for myself and not have to work for someone else. And, I just found something I was decent at and decided to open up an outfitter and keep doing that. Opened up in 2018 or 17 and been doing that full time ever since and woodworking in the off season. Yeah, I've seen some of your woodworking stuff. It's beautiful. Thank you. It re- I mean, it really is. You've got a you've got a knack, and that's a nice little. Uh, you can hunt, and then you know, there's you can, you got plenty of time for woodworking in the off season. So it's oh, a yeah. it's a nice little mix that you got going there. Yep, not too bad. I might build a cutting board one day, and the next day it might be, you know, putting a roof on a new house or something. Yeah. Um, so has your dad gotten any better as a hunter at all as you've progressed no. into this, or he's still just no, shit? He, he still has no damn idea what he's doing. <laughs> so so why did, what, what made him want to take you that first time? I don't know. I just I went hunting, you know, first couple times I went was by myself with a bow out on public land and after that, you know, it's something that I wanted to do, and he's pretty much supported me and whatever I want to do. And so he he tried to get into it, but he's usually too busy with work and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So uh, your first hunt was with a bow. I'm assuming it was like deer hunting or something like that. Yeah. When yeah. when did you make the switch to waterfowl hunting? Ooh, I would have been 15 or so. First time I went duck hunting. Yep. Any good? Yep. Ah. No, yeah, I think my first year maybe killed five birds, if that. So did you get the, the itch that first year just from not being very good at it and trying to learn how to be better, or when did you finally – when did you realize think, that you had a bad I think, bug? I think starting out, you know, sucking at it kind of, you know, helped to really drive to, you know, want to get better at it. Yeah. You know, if you start out and you're pretty good at something, hell, you really don't want to get any better. Yeah. So who was your influences on you then? Oh, Man, hell, I don't know. I can't really point it out to one person. I'd really say Google. Google. So you taught yourself basically <laughs> off the internet. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. My uh, my uncle, he used to do quite a bit of waterfowl hunting back in the day. He kind of helped me with the uh, decoys and, 
you know, all that good stuff. You had some land I could go out there to uh, out by Enid to hunt on. That kind of that kind of kicked it all off. And I would say I didn't get real serious until I was probably seventeen, eighteen. Who, uh, for someone you didn't grow up around a, an environment like my boys did, where they got to be around guys that could blow a call and teach you. And especially blowing a goose call. Blowing a goose call is hard. Blowing a duck call is not near as hard. Now, to be really good at it, it is. But how you see, so you taught yourself to call by just watching videos. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's kind of where everything came from. I think a lot of people are doing that now. Like I think that's the uh, new yeah. new. Honestly, age. I hate to say it, but a lot of uh, a lot of Trevor Shanahan's videos back in the day really helped. Yeah, we <laughs> sure didn't need you to his big head to come up in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, if you're going to learn from somebody, why not learn from a mm. fucking world champion? No shit. I mean, he's one of the best there is. got to give him props for that. I just like to give him shit. Because if, if you don't think he's good, just ask him. <laughs> so, uh, so Trevor is basically, from watching videos of Trevor calling, is how you become, got learned how to call. Uh, I wouldn't always say Trevor. There's, there's quite a couple, you know, a couple guys that I'd watch, you know, pretty regularly, just driving around, you know. Just kind of blowing on a call, listening to them, and, you know, learning from there. I think that's really a good way to learn because when I was a young kid and I really, really loved waterfowl hunting from the time I was seven or eight years old to I really, I mean, until today, but back when I was that age, I had to learn from my dad. My dad was horrible on a fucking duck call. I mean, absolutely horrible, and he was worse on a goose call. But he was <laughs> the only person I heard blow one, so I would mimic that. And so there was three of us in a blind that sounded like shit. But if I would have had the opportunities that, like to look at Google or something, I would have probably turned out to be a pretty good caller because I would have taught myself the way you did. You were just born at the wrong Man. time, Jeff. Well, I'll, I'll take my everything that's happened to me in my life. I'm pretty happy that way. But, yes, that's calling-wise, that's exactly right. But, Man, I carried a call in my pocket forever and in my truck. And, you know, if I was by myself or whatever, just start tooting on that thing. And... Yeah, so did my dad, and it didn't help him any in the 70s, I can promise you. <laughs> Hell, he didn't have YouTube. No. no. And even if he did, he wouldn't have known how to use it anyway. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> I saw him gronk spike his cell phone one day just because <laughs> Facebook wouldn't come up. It had logged him out automatically, and he couldn't remember what his password was. We were sitting underneath the awning here where the, where the carport is, and he fucking, he just, just turned. I've, I've only seen Ron throw a couple fits in my life. Jeff can probably talk more. about more. But he was sitting in a chair, and he just fucking gronk spiked it. Bam! And fucking <laughs> phone pieces went everywhere, and I'm like, well, you're not going to be able to look at Facebook now, are you? This Hell, I kind of feel the pain every time I get signed out. i got to go in and make a new password and all kinds of stuff because I don't remember it. That's the most annoying fucking thing ever. I mean, it really is. Just go off of my face. Don't, don't, don't require the fucking <laughs> password anymore because I'm not going to remember it. I mean, Jesus Christ. Get with the program, Facebook. Um, but I, I think a lot, of, I think hearing a good caller can, you know, I think, I don't really think that people have to, I think if, if, if people can get the fundamentals down and they can just hear a good caller, mm -hmm. I, they can kind of mold themselves into that. They don't necessarily have to know like all the, all the little tricks and gadgets. And if you can figure out hand placement and airflow and hear what it's supposed to sound like, you can fuck around on it enough to get proficient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still not the world's best, but good enough to kill a couple birds. So, um, you, you learned how to call. You started hunting on your own. It, how, you're not an old man. What are you, mid-20s? Uh, 25. 
I got that pretty much right on the dot. And you've been in business three years, so you're 22, 23 years old. You start your own business, which is basically about when I started mine. When did you first, the first year, was that a tough transition for you to start trying it on your own to see if you were really going to make it? Uh, I think the first year was probably the funnest, you know, before it really becomes work. It's kind of something that's new to you and it's fun. You know, you're excited. You're not really wore out about it. You know, the the further you get into it, it's like, oh, man, you know. There's not a lot of pressure for first year. It's now for, no. for a new for a new guy, is it hard to get clients when you first started? Oh, uh, man, I think with Facebook and stuff, it's not as hard as it used to be. You know, social media is so big. Just you make a post and people like it and come on out and hunt. So what did you do? Did 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 you guide before you started your outfit? I was I probably I guided for a couple smaller outfits, you know, nothing big like that. You know, probably run 10, 15 clients a year. But, but you knew what a that, guided hunt looked like. Too serious before that. Yeah, but you knew what a guided hunt was kind of supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Well, see, one of the things that <clears throat> that I notice more more about you is that you've stuck it out and you, and you have become into the industry and you, and you run good hunts and you have repeat clients and you have a good reputation. There's so mm. many guys that start out like you did three and four years ago. Cause I remember the first time you're, I saw your stuff. I thought, who in the hell is this guy? Where's he from? Cause I'd never heard of you. And, and you just said you've only been in business three or four years, but there's a hundred of them every year that come out and do the same thing. And most of them don't stick. And that's what I, I was curious about. about that is, you know, most guys think it's all, you know, I get to hunt every day. It's going to be fun. And then they realize how much work it really is. No, it's a job. And you run a one-man operation, basically. Now you're hiring other guides, right? Yep. And are you going to yep. guide still, or are you just going to take care of the business end of it? Oh, uh, man, the last year I've had a couple other guides, and I don't do so much of the hunt anymore. I'd say I'm still there on 50% of the hunts, but other than that, I'm usually scouting. How the, how the hell oh, – we just lost you. Um, there you are. How do you, how do you do that as a one-man show? I mean, scouting and... You hunt, you try to find something good, you know, something that you know you can get in there, get out, and as soon as you're done, you hit the road scouting all day until dark and, you know, do it again the next day. What about bird cleaning? Do you not offer bird cleaning? They take their birds? We don't do anything of that. When, uh, I've got a buddy of mine that hunted in Oklahoma, a kid that worked for us for a long time, real nice guy, Brian Hall, and Brian ran his own operation in Oklahoma for a while, uh, and he had... I, some days I'd talk to him and he'd be set for two or three days in a row. And then some days that poor sucker would get hunt in the morning and then be scouting until dark that night. And some nights it'd be eight o'clock or nine o'clock before he'd get an okay to get on somewhere that he was going to be able to hunt the next morning. I mean, it was just a battle. And yeah, that, that, uh, a lot of that, you know, especially with a lot of the guys, you know, that have a bunch of money around here, you know, they've got everything leased up and they're all set to go for, you know, as long as they want pretty much. And then there's us little guys who are like, shit, you know, what are we going to do tomorrow? You got to make something happen. Yeah, it's a tough deal. I told him one time, I said, and my advice to any outfitter is this, is you've got to have a go-to place. You have mm -hmm. to have a place that no matter what the weather is, no matter what the situation is, that's got pavement on one side to, of it that you can get to. You may not shoot a limit out of it, but you can put people on a hunt, kill a few birds, and have a lot of traffic around you. And we're fortunate here. We have a couple of places like that. No matter what the situation is, we can go somewhere and put people around birds. And 
and that that's what I told him. I said, man, you got to find you a go-to place. If it's right off a roost somewhere and it's just a field next to a roost, at least you're in the ball game every day. You know, if it's foggy, whatever it is. And um, I, all the guys I know that run one-man operations, I'm the same way. I'm like, gosh, now you can run a one-man duck operation because you can duck hunt one morning and get done hunting and go look at your duck ponds, and those ducks are still going to be in those ponds. But when you're goose hunting, if you hunt till 10, 30, 11 o'clock, fuck, you don't know what happened 10 miles away from you. So oh, you, ha- yeah. you have to scout. See, that's where we're – I quit scouting – or I quit guiding – 27 28 years ago because i have to i scout every morning and and the scouting is just as important as the guide and the hunt is for the next yeah, day more so. More so. I mean, you have to because if, if we don't have places to go it doesn't do us any good and so someone like so you, you're fixed to be at that transition stage where you're not going to be guiding hunts much more much anymore yeah I, i've usually had you know, probably two guys that work for me a year, and usually I'll wake up early in the morning, go help them set up, and then after that, I'm off the road scouting all day. You know, kind of conversing with them. You know, what they're seeing while they're out hunting. And, you know, I'm driving. You know, rubber to the pavement, seeing what's going on somewhere else. I want you to look at yourself. See, you're a good-looking young, thin man, right? <laughs> if you could see uh, me, okay. Well, I'm not a good-looking young, thin man. I'm an old, fatter man, lot fatter. He's but got that fixed, though. I got, we're, getting, well, we're getting that, we're getting that taken I, care I'm of. I'm hoping to be thinned down, but I'm a fat fucker because you, you said something that will change in the next five years. You get up early every morning and are going to help set up decoys. That shit's going to change before long. Let me tell you. You're like, you know, you fuckers are getting paid to work. You can put them decoys at yourself. Plus, if uh, I went out uh, to this, my guides, if I, they wouldn't even. You what? said, hell, I feel like that by the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. If, first of all, my guides, if I went out and told Stoner, Blake, or Andy, or any of the guys and said, hey, this is why I want you to put out your decoys, they wouldn't fucking listen to me for shit. So <laughs> it don't do me no good anyways, but that will change as you age, that getting up extra early. You will. I used to be there 30 minutes before sun came up, and I'd help move people out. Nowadays, I pull in about 10 minutes after the sun, after shooting time. No sense wasting 40 minutes of sleep. Yeah. He's a cocksucker. Sleep's pretty hard to come by during the season. Yeah. Well, and especially for you. I mean, if you're a one man show and um it it it'll just fucking grind on you. There's so many guys that it's just one guy, one man doing everything. And like Jeff said, you can get away with that for a longer time duck hunting, but goose hunting, whew. And and it part of the problem is just how much shit you have to put out. I mean oh. it's big spreads, it's blinds, it's it's a whole bunch of junk. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough, you know, the last couple of years, it hasn't really been me all by myself that I've had some really good guys or, you know, just, just love to work and love to hunt. And, you know, they've been awesome about, you know, having to pick up a little bit of extra work. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you can, you can kind of get people to go above and beyond whenever, you know, they're seeing results. Um, mm-hmm. So do you have do you guys have like one big roost area where all your birds come from or are there or are they switching roost? It's everywhere. You know, we hunt, you know, pretty much north central Oklahoma area, you know, just about any dang pothole out there could be a roost. Right. So it's it's constantly switching, especially nowadays. You got so many people that'll blow a roost. You just you don't know what the hell you're gonna do sometimes. So were there a lot of guys that are not outfitters that are do that are hunting out in your area? Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot, a lot of outfitters and a lot of a lot of regular guys. Really? So yeah, your yeah. roosts are not safe. Oh no. Oof. That see that that's what sucks. We are 
pretty fortunate here. We don't they don't hunt the roost much here, and if they do, they don't go in till nine o'clock. And we we communicate with other outfits. It, 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 we're we're so blessed in that situation. Well, it would just so I just it would be very very difficult for me to see somebody from like Dallas come and get permission on the roost or a roost for because you know we're blessed in the sense that our bird there's only two big roosts out here and they don't leave it all year like that's where they go. Cool. Um, but if we hunted 40 miles away and you got a bunch of birds and they're using a roost and then somebody comes in from Oklahoma city and gets permission and just fucking blows it like that would be a tough pill to swallow. That's, that's one thing we are, we, we have three roosts here and we have one of them leased and we don't hunt it. I mean, we might hunt it three times a year, but if we do, it's at the end of the year when the season's about over or after season was over because they're going to our fields. We would much rather hunt a field than water anyways. We don't, we don't water hunt. And uh, even in Hobart, where we hunt at, the, the, the birds, most of the roosts there, now not all of them, but two of the roosts, one of them is a city water deal and one of them is a city park. So those birds aren't going to get jacked with, or if they do, it'll be just somebody at a park or something. It's not like someone can hunt them. But mm-hmm. these people, don't, in Oklahoma especially, I've noticed that the birds do things different than they do in Texas. You can have a small pond hold two or 3,000 yeah. geese, where we don't have that here. And these guys will go in and shoot one. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you? You've got the wheat field right where they're feeding. Why would you hunt the water? You can hunt that wheat field every day. Once you shoot them off that roost, they might go, like you said, 30 miles away somewhere. And then oh, you're yeah. fucked. A lot of the guys, you know, they're just weekend warriors. Hell, they're going to come out and shoot them. They don't care. They don't have to hunt them every day. No, they don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> H- have you noticed an increase in Sandhill Crane Hunters with the outlaws? I mean, not with the outlaws, that- God dang, with the dive bomb silhouettes? Definitely. Just about, like I'd say, just about every waterfowl hunter up here anymore, you know, they'll they'll crane hunt too. Have cranes always been in that area? Because I, I never really remember it's, a it's bunch. It's pretty thick out here. It hasn't been popular except for, you know, the last two or three years. Yeah, Jet Oklahoma is a famous place. It's a big is staging. It? Yeah, it's is like it? it's Jet Oklahoma, then they go to the Texas Panhandle. I think they go from mm-hmm. Great Bend to Jet to the Texas Panhandle to our area. Because, I mean... We we are still relatively new in the crane circle. I mean, we tried what we had a really good year. What eight years ago? Yeah, two thousand twelve ish. And then the last couple of years, like we but we've just been seeing more and more and more cranes. So I didn't know if your area and our success rate of- has gotten, which we've we've learned from stealing ideas from others. Some Google shit does some really good. But, <laughs> um, my dad chased cranes. God, when I was a kid, we chased cranes all the freaking time. We he made masonite silhouettes. He did it. We did all of it. And we had some days we shot a limit of cranes, but we had a lot of days that we might shoot one crane. Right. And looking back from it, we tried gray jumpsuits laying in the middle of the spread. <laughs> and the problem was we always wanted to hunt in the middle of the field. Right. If we had ever learned to hunt the tumble row, tumbleweed rows on the side, we'd have been a whole lot better off. But uh, I noticed that a friend of mine, Justin, we were talking about that. Like around Abilene, there's a lot of cranes right north of Abilene. Well, there was putting solar farms everywhere now in them fields, but he said every field you go to now, there's somebody got two dozen dive bombs and they're hunting on their own now, and it's just changed the whole game down there. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're definitely some smart birds. Do you do you guys do a lot of crane hunting? Uh, it, it's off and on. Uh, November we'll do a lot of cranes, and uh, you know maybe mid December, you know during during the split of you know ducks and geese, we'll do a lot of cranes too. 
after that, shit, they're so damn smart. It's like, hell, we might as well go kill a couple ducks instead. <laughs> See, we've gotten, we do a crane hunt a day now, just about. We had a really great season of it, but we're also hunting a lot of cranes nobody else t- messes with. We're the only people that hunt the places that we have them. Do you like crane hunting, David? Be honest with us. It, it has its days and its moments, just like anything else. <laughs> so you would rather goose hunt than crane hunt? You'd rather be on a hot goose field than a hot crane field? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, at least a goose field, most of the time, you know that they're going to come back. Hell, you know, you may set up on a good crane feed, and, you know, you may not see any of them. I, I said this in the blind last year. Crane hunting is a mixture of goose hunting and turkey hunting. Like, you got, mm-hmm. you, you can still kind of joke around on the blind, but there's still that possibility that they are not going to do what you thought that they were going to do the day, based off of what they were doing the day before. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, the, and there's days everything could be absolutely perfect. You can mm-hmm. change it a million times, and they're just, they just won't do it. Yeah. Yep. And like that's exactly like fucking turkey hunting's been. Like, you get them patterned, and then all of a sudden that boss hen takes them across the way, and it's like, motherfucker. <laughs> But I, I, I'm getting to where um, um, I'm getting to where I can I can crane hunt a little bit more and, and not want to pull my hair out. Yeah, see here two years ago we had a dang good crane season November. I mean we shot you know eight to ten man limits dang there every day. Mm-hmm. Then this season was like shit. You know what what is going on? What do you think it was this year? I don't know. I don't know if it's more pressure or you know. I, I honestly couldn't tell you, and, you know, we didn't see the crane numbers that we normally see. Last, you know, the year before last, you know, we had a hot feed every day. We'd hunt one field, pull out of it, and two miles down the road, we got birds on another field. I don't know what it would have been. I wonder if they were all, I wonder if they were north of you or if they were down here south of you towards us. I don't know. They definitely didn't hit, you know, the normal areas that they normally hit. Right. Huh. I don't know. That, that would be, because uh, we had a lot of cranes here, more cranes than I can remember. I think part of it may be that now there's so many people up here outfitting for cranes. Before, you know, it was just a couple of us, and it was pretty easy. Now everyone's chasing them. That was uh, – we, there was a lot of cranes around Hobart this year, they said. Really? Lots, and they and they and we'd never had them there before, and I saw a bunch in December there. I mean, I saw a field one day probably had 5,000 cranes in it. Most cranes I've seen in a field probably in my life. I mean, because our feeds will be – we don't have the feeds like y'all have around Jed. If we, we got a field with 500 to 1,500 cranes. That's a big crane feed for us. Mm-hmm. But you don't take cranes like it does geese. You, I mean, customers, if you come in here and you say, well, we got 500 cranes in the field, they're like, oh. It's like, well, but they, they fly in flocks of seven and eight people or seven, eight birds. It's not like a goose field. They're going to fly in one flock of 500. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, up here we'll hunt a lot of fields, you know, 2,500, 3,000 cranes, you know, on the regular. Right. Yeah, see, we don't we, – we may have that once a year. There was a couple of times behind the lodge that we had a, we had a couple of big feeds, but I saw a field up there that had five thousand birds in it one day, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" And they had a lot; they had some fields. So I think a lot of y'all's birds were further south of y'all, a couple hundred miles. Uh, I think I think that's definitely a lot of the problem. And pressure. I mean, it could have been pressure. Just fucking banging on them in your area pushes them everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yep, it's definitely a popular thing up here now. How was your duck season this year? Uh, it was a lot better than last season. By really? Like tenfold. I think those birds stayed up there. Was, the, this season was right about average. Last season was it was terrible for ducks. Yeah. Why? Why was uh? Why was what was the difference in the two years? More water around? 
Uh, I would I would say probably more water had a lot to do with it. But I mean, it, usually we, we've got decent water up here. There's not a whole lot of years that we go without water. You know, down there, if you guys, you know, sometimes heck, you just hardly got any water mm-hmm. up here. For the most part, we've got good water though. And 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 well, shit, everybody's crane hunting now, so now nobody's nobody's targeting the ducks. So that's just yeah. you have your way with them now. Yeah, and you know, and I, I've got to notice that it's easier to get on a good crane feed than it is good, you know, duck or goose feed. Really? Yeah. Cra- have you shot a banded crane yet? Nope. I've never shot a band of anything personally. Really? Never. Even on one of your hunts? Nope. I mean, but heck, ever since I started doing this, I hardly ever shoot. Well, you know, we've shot bands on some of our hunts, right. but I've never pulled the trigger on one. H- have your customers shot a banded crane ever? Nope. So we have we haven't either. We killed our first banded dove this year that we know that about. we know of. I'm sure we have. I mean, we killed there's no tell me thousands of doves we've killed, but we killed a banded. We had a banded dove this year shot. That's the first time ever. But we've never shot a crane. I saw a guy north of us shot a crane that had a, a satellite deal on it. Uh, I think I ended up seeing that on a Facebook. tracking and everything. So it happened. And yeah. I don't think that they band near as many cranes, do they? You'd have to be a tough bastard to band a crane. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Tackle one uh, of those fuckers that's looking at you in the eyeballs like, no, thank oh, you. No, uh, shit, a damn crane scares me. Have have uh, have y'all seen whooping cranes while y'all are hunting yet? No. No, well, the, the, the whoopers, they usually stick kind of more to, you know, the, the refuge area. We, we really don't hunt near Jet or, you know, the big refuges. We kind of we kind of stick to the outskirts of everything. Now, you know, just a lot less people, a lot less pressure. But around Jet, they do have some. The whooping cranes do stay there and stage there. Yeah, I know that Dusty Brown a couple of years ago in the Panhandle was guiding a hunt, and they had a whooping crane land in their decoys. Well, I'd have been a nervous some bitch that some jackass was going to be a hero and think think they're going to shoot that damn thing. Oh, look an albino. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's well, a trophy? Shoot it, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Have you, I think that they banned all them, don't they? Oh, you'd be yeah. you would get caught so fast. Gosh, Almighty! I think they all got electric collars on them and tracking and probably cameras and everything else. Oh, that would be. Oh, could you imagine how defeated you would feel if one of your buddy, if somebody did that in one of your groups and you told them not to do it? It's on them. Oh, yeah. Well, but you know the feds would make a big case out of it. There's been time, and I and I'm kind of paranoid about this, but like there's been times where. You set up and the sun's in your eyes and you've got a big thing of cranes in front of you and you call the shot and you're like, oh, please, God. I know it's probably not going to happen, but please, God, don't let there be a fucking whooper in there. Boy, that would be a phone call I would not like to get. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think I'm just going to get out of that field state and stay as far away from that guy as I possibly can. I guess because I mean, if they've got, from what I've heard, and this could all be bullshit, but like it monitors their movement and like if they're if they're if it anything red flagish like pops up, then like people come in via helicopters and like fighter jets and shit. So like you would have to like quickly Google how fast a crane flies, put it in your truck, and then like fly it or drive it. You've that, got that way too much time on your hands to be thinking about shit like that. That's this. how the feds do it, Jeff. They track their movement. And if like if things don't match up, they're fucking on you. They send in the, the fucking Navy SEALs. Do what? 
Have you ever heard why they banned so many of the whoopers? I, I guess because there's just not that many of them. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. When, 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 when I was... It's a protected a, species, yeah, so I when, think they're trying to figure out like how many there are. When, when I was a young man, in fact, when I was a kid, I think there was 114 in the wild. Now, it's not saying some zoos didn't have them or something, but I don't know what their numbers is. I would... It, good... It's like close to 500 or something like so that. So, see, it hasn't went up much in in 40 years. If I was 12 then, if it's in 40 years, it's only tripled to quadrupled. I mean, they've only 400% increase of them. I know that they, they do have a, a flock that up. stays in Louisiana now. Somewhere in the middle of the marshes in Louisiana, they have a flock a, re, a flock that come back and forth of whoopers every year. But even if, if it's 500, it hasn't went up much at all. I yeah. Mean, See, and the, the thing that I've always heard on that is that, you know, whoopers are just terrible parents that they'll just lay the eggs and leave. So biologists will come in, get the eggs, put them in a sandhill nest, which is why you always find them, you know, running with sandhills. This be, can't be right. It could be a point. What is it? This says 80. Huh? 80. There's more than 80. Is that That's what it says. We, uh, this report is produced by the International Crane Foundation. The current estimated population size is 80. 39 female, 38 male, and three uh, undecided, I guess. I, saw. Uh, I always thought it was higher than that. 17 of these 80 individuals were wild-hatched, and the rest are captive-reared. Yeah, there's got to be more than that. I'm just telling you what it says, Jeff. Did you see that also, Stoner? There's got to be more whooping Well, hold on. Now. This one says... Do what? That was the eastern population. Oh, okay. Well, here. If there's only fucking 80 of those things, it wouldn't be hard to put a fucking tracker on those and just mollywop whoever shoots them. <laughs> but I am. I'm fucking paranoid about that. Just because of that picture that Dusty Brown posted. Like, they sneak in and, and you're screwed. Oh, yeah. How many How many did you find? What? Uh, what's What's the rare bird that you've killed? Have you killed, like, any goofy hybrids up there? No, we really don't kill a whole lot of hybrids, you know. It's it's weird. The guys that shoot the most birds hardly ever kill anything like that. And the guys that hunt, you know, one or two days a week, they'll kill bands and hybrids and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. What was the what was the bird that Wildfowl posted a picture of? It was like a wood duck and something else. Oh yeah, I think that was shot by a falco. It was a wood was duck. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Like well that, that was a fucking trophy. Yeah, it was. There's 800 whooping cranes right now. 800. They were down to 20. There was 21 in the wild in 1941. Wow. And there now there's 800 in the wild, not counting the ones they have in zoos and captivity and all that shit. There's 800 cranes in the wild. So that means we'll have a crane season, whooping crane season, probably about year 2093. <laughs> Wasn't there someone down in like Louisiana that shot one? That happens about every two or three or four years, somebody will shoot one. A kid shot one a couple years ago, and his fine was $250,000. Jesus. Or three days in jail. You know, it depends on nowadays. That's what they do. Three days in jail for that, probably. But How old was the kid? I don't I don't think he was. I say kid. He was anywhere from 21 to 14 years old. I don't remember. It just I remember it wasn't a, like a what I would call a, an adult. Hey, have you seen the new law in Nebraska where it's a, a three-bird limit and they can be anything? Uh-uh. Yeah, I guess they're trying to uh, encourage more young kids to come out, and it, it's three birds, doesn't matter. Pen, you can shoot all pintail hens, I guess. 
But uh, it's three three plunks is what it is. You have to make that choice though. When you sign your license up, you can either opt for the three bird. So you limit. can't go day by day. No. Or you can go, because that's what I was thinking. I thought, well, we have that shit down here. There'd be days we're just three pintail limit guys. <laughs> but uh, We get more pintail than anything early season. Yeah, well, We have them in fucking late season. Flocks of two, three, four hundred all males. One, yeah, hell no. Remember, one, we're freaking loaded with pintail up here. Yeah, I, I think the t- pintail numbers are way off. But after talking to the uh, birdologist guy, was named Kevin? Was that his name? The birdologist? Yeah. I can't remember his first name. Brian. Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian was there's a lot more males than females. Yeah. The 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 the, the population is like 60 to 70% male, I believe. I know my numbers are way off. Shanahan will correct me. But uh that's why but yeah, it's three it's going to be a three bird limit in Nebraska if you opt out for that and they said it's so young hunters don't have to worry about identifying birds but just to get in the game of doing things. And in some ways, that's not a bad idea. Now, is there an age limit to this? No, I, th- I don't think so. So I think you can be 42 years old and just be like, I fucking I opt out to birds. shoot three bird limit and shoot three mallard hens if you want to. See, and part of me, I don't know how I feel about that because as a waterfowl hunter, you need to identify your birds. So I think you should only be able to do this for two years. I don't think you should be able to con- consistently kill three birds. I don't. I don't have a problem with what you just I, said. Either. I say two years are the only. You can only do this two years of hunting, because by then, uh-huh. by your third year, you should be able to identify a fucking gadwall. You know, the difference between a gadwall and a mallard. Like, Heck, I, I know if they did that here in Oklahoma, everybody would shoot goddamn three pintails. Oh yeah, three pintails and then walk away, I, or, or a pintail hen and a mallard hen. Like, you should be able to tell the difference out here. Well. The last couple of years in the fields, if we got ten guys in the spread, it shoot ten pintails. You're gonna shoot your ten pintails, and that's what you're gonna shoot. You may shoot two or three, four mallards, but we didn't have any mallards this year, hardly like we've had in the past. Or they flew at dark. <clears throat> do you feel? Yeah, duck, well, do y'all feel duck hunt? You know, late December anymore. You don't get your mallards till late December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah too whenever i first started that was kind of our bread and butter bird you know we do a lot of hunting way out west and you know we'll kill, we'll kill the hell out of mallards out there on the flyers five or six years ago in southwest oklahoma where we hunt we shot a lot of mallards mm-hmm. day in and day out two years ago we didn't do very good this year we did a little bit better on ducks um but we hadn't had no winter in the last two years and I don't know if it's a winter thing or just the ducks of the, the mallards migration has changed that much. But we didn't we did not have near the ducks that we normally had the last two years. I think it's got a lot to do with the weather, you know, whenever it's January, late December and you're picking up the spread in a T shirt. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm damn better. sure we, we need winter, there's no doubt about it. And and we and we have not had that in a long time at all. So uh what kind of so you so you, do you have a lodge also? No, uh, we did lodging the first two years, and there's just so much pressure in the area. We figured out that it was kind of easier just to stay mobile. We still run in one area for the most part, but if we need to, you know, make a drive and go somewhere else, we can always do that if we've got to. Being a small operation, it's a lot easier to not have to, you know, go back, clean the lodge, get it ready for the next group, greet the next group coming in, and, you know, adding all that stuff onto your plate. Having a lodge is a great asset to someone like us who runs a lot of hunters 
I've got a mm-hmm. cleaning ladies, cooking ladies. The guides come in. They have a dinner. We have lunch. I mean, when we, on days we don't do lunch, boy, my guides are all grumpy around here because there's days we won't have lunch today. God Almighty. You know, but they want to come in. Fucks everything up. They do their paperwork. They have lunch. The customer. We don't do lunch on days, guys. On days, guys are leaving. On days, the entire lodge the t- is leaving. When the whole, yeah, if we have guys that are still here, then we have lunch. But like on a Tuesday afternoon, a lot of times all our customers are leaving. They're here for Monday, Tuesdays, or Sunday. Ap- Sunday afternoons is a real good example. So Sundays, we don't do lunch. Well, the guys are bitchy because we don't do lunch at the lodge. But you got to run a lot of people to be able to keep a staff around to take care of all that, cleaning ladies. I couldn't imagine a one-man guy. If you're trying a one-man deal, or even if you just got Skeleton one helper, crew. and you're having to go clean your your a lodge at nighttime or a house where you keep your customers, that's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. What's the furthest that you've traveled for uh, a good hunt? Uh, I would say probably southwest Kansas. Oh, really? Yeah. How far is that? Yeah. Well, we hunt pretty much from north-central Oklahoma all the way out to almost Colorado if we have to. And how do you find out that there's birds all the way out there? You just fucking hit the road? Just, just talk to landowners, you know, talk to people that hunt that area, kind of figure out, you know, what they're seeing. And if they've got something, then we'll make the drive and make it happen. You know, stay up there for a couple of days, kill them birds, and then make the move again if we have to. Jeez. All the way to Col- so, almost Colorado. Well, it's yeah, not I mean, as far as you... Land, you know, all the way from as far west as you can go, all the way to... You know, central Oklahoma, down by Oklahoma City, El Reno area. So you go all the way to Colorado, to the Colorado border? Almost. I mean, I would say that. I'd say the furthest we really go is Guyman, which is, what, an hour and a half or so from yeah. Colorado. Is there a tree in Guyman, Oklahoma? Oh, uh, man, I, I honestly don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> that road between Liberal, Kansas, and Perryton, there is – Whoever's ancestors decided to stop and say, you know what, this is where we're going to make home, has lost their fucking mind. That is the Hell, you, you go out there and watch your dog run away for three days. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. But it does, I just, every time I go through that area, I'm thinking, who the fuck decided this is where they wanted to settle? I mean, I think that sometimes about Knox City, but we do have trees and there is shit, there isn't nothing up there. That's where the Wizard of Oz bitch came from, wasn't it? Where? Liberal Kansas? I have no idea. Dorothy? Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah, I don't have a clue. I think so. I think I'm right. Liberal, Dodge City, what's it matter? It's all the same. So uh, so you'll drive. Where, where do you base most of your operation out of? Wooderden? Where do you most of your clients stay at? I would say in at Oklahoma. We probably run 80 to 90% of our hunts around there. God dang, there's only about 27 people running hunts out of that area, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's It's hard. And, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think there was an outfitter there. Mm-mm. Nope. Heck, you can't even lease a field for, you know, a decent price anymore. That, that, that's nuts. That little area has gotten so hot like that. And, you know, that'll change because um, in my years in the hunting business, I've noticed so many different good feeding areas have changed over the years. I mean, I'm, I, I, and I mean significantly changed, like go two, three, four hundred miles away to a different area, and all of a sudden it becomes the place for 10 years, and then it fades out, and then another place comes in. And a guy told me that about 25 years ago. He told me, he said, your hunting in Knox City isn't going to be the same for the, for the whole time you're in business, whether it's three years, 50 years, whatever it is. He goes, it'll change. It moves. He goes, at a time, you'd go to the East Coast was a hot spot, and, and he was right. I, I've noticed that, that. And it's not just here, which we still have pretty good hunting. We don't have the hunting like we did 20 years ago. But 
some a couple of years ago we had a really good season again like it was, but it does change a little bit on pressure. And that area around Enid is really good right now, but eventually the pressure, those birds will find someplace else to go for a while. I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's dying off a little bit already or if it's just harder to find land over there anymore, but it, it's hard to get on birds over there. you got to work. When you have 30 fields of hunters in an area hunting, and I don't know how many are over there, eventually those birds over a period of time are going to start moving further east, west, north, or south, and they're going to find an area where they're not getting hammered every day. And they're going to start piling in there, and eventually that will be the new spot to go to. And it may be 100 miles yeah. away. It may be 50 miles away. But those birds, yeah. are, birds are adaptive. Uh, hopefully when they do move, they move away so I can actually stay at home for the season. <laughs> I think a lot of the Canada geese, and, and, and I may be speaking out of turn here but because I don't hunt up there, but around uh, Cheyenne Bottoms and Quivera, I think a lot of those Canadas from my friends that talk, those birds moved to Wichita, Kansas, into that metro area. Because I think uh, – 15 years ago, you didn't find small Canada's around Wichita, Kansas, and now they winter half a million, maybe. And, and, and the numbers people are going to correct me on all this shit, I know. But I know that those birds have moved off Cheyenne Bottoms, and I think that was just a pressure deal. They got over there, and there wasn't a lot of pressure. So we damn sure don't need them to move east. We need them to move west. West. Mm-hmm. West is the way to go. Now, are you married? Nope. Nope. That's how you can run and gun so much. Well, I say that, but I'm in a relationship now, but she's pretty understanding, thankfully. Like, listen, baby, the oil field life ain't ain't very much fucking fun either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, heck, now it kind of affords me more time to stay at home, you know, bust ass for, mm-hmm. you know, three months out of the year, and then I'm down here in the shop for the rest of the year. No, there, there's definitely a lot of trade-offs, but, like, my wife is a goose hunting widow from November to February, and she'll tell but. Mm-hmm. I've got a pretty flexible schedule the rest of the year. So, but she knew what that, would you rather have? She's known that because she, since y'all were dating in high school, mm-hmm. it's not like it's been a shock to her though. Could you imagine marrying some old gal that just works eight to five Monday through Friday, and all of a sudden you meet her and you marry her, and she gets into this shit? She'd be like, "What the fuck happened to you during Christmas <laughs> parties and Thanksgiving?" And you mean we can only have Christmas on Christmas Day? We don't get to have it three weekends before and after. Yeah, see, luckily I was already doing this whenever I met her, so she kind of understood. That That's a big thing don't, right there. Don't change. Just listen. This is the schedule, and this is what we're going to do. Because when you start wavering and start you start making special exceptions to go to her great Grammy's fucking fourth <laughs> Thanksgiving, she's going to expect that every year. Like, oh, listen. yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't know the first thing about hunting, so something she's kind of, you know, rolling her eyes at, doesn't really <laughs> understand it, but... So, but it brings home the money, so it's all right. Tell us about the asshole of the year, because you had to have one. Oh, man. Honestly, I would say I've had one group that I just would not, you know, you're not coming back, dude. I don't want to see you ever again. And that would be... You don't have to oh, name, you don't have to oh, name so. names if you don't want to, but if you want to, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, because I'm curious to see if I've, I've known who these guys are. You can tell us off air. Hell, you, you probably remember that post that I made about handing in my black card. Oh, yes, I do. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. What happened? Yeah. What oh, happened? I made this post about, you know, handed in my black card. You know, I don't have problems with anybody, but I'll tell you what, being half black has caused me a lot more problems with African-Americans than it ever has any white people. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the national rhetoric don't like that, what you just said. <laughs> oh, Boy, they just think I'm just the biggest, most racist asshole they've ever met in my life. The black but, people do? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. You Why? Know? Could you call them out on bull on bullshit or what? Well, the thing is, is you know, they came out and they wanted to film, you know, an all black hunting show, blah blah blah. And I was like, all right, cool, you know. So they're like, you know, you get to be our guide, all right, you know, no problem. Well, they got here. We didn't, we didn't have very many birds, so I sent them with one of my other guides who was not, you know, of color. And uh, so that was already just a huge freaking problem. <laughs> and, uh, so, so so I'm out scouting trying to find some birds for these guys, and they're out crane hunting, and it's pretty slow, and they're they're in my guide's face while I'm gone and, you know, freaking out. And, and my guide calls me, and he's like, I'm getting these some bitches the hell out of this field. And I was like, whatever you got to do, get them out of there. What yeah, were they saying so, to him? What were they saying to him? What all were they? What all were they telling your guide? What were they? What were they saying to him? Man, that's just I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, I'd have to call him so he could kind of reiterate on that whole ordeal. But I mean, it was some it was some shit. You you, uh, you made a guides there, and they they weren't happy with it. He, you made a post yesterday that would have pissed some black people off. Oh hell! I think I make a post every day that piss everybody off. He, he he made a post. It was the all the bullshit going on in Minneapolis, and they looted a Walmart. And he said they took everything but the job applications. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so so they come out. They want to film this all black hunt, and then I'm assuming mm-hmm. your guide was white. Yep. And did they say anything to you like when you're like, hey? You're going with him over there, or, or were they just kind of like, okay, we'll figure it, it out? It wasn't a problem at all until, you know, the hunt actually began. Right. You know, the, the, they knew that they weren't going with me. They were pretty understanding, but, you know, the, the slow hunt always brings out the worst. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Everybody says they're, just great, they're this great outdoorsman until Things you go, fucking have a bad, a bad hunt. hunt. Like, it's hunting. Oh, yeah. So you would not have them back. That, that's your that, – oh, no. Mm-mm. I haven't had a call yet for someone wanting to film an all black hunt with a black guide yet. But if I do, I know that's the it. guys. <laughs> and don't call me because I ain't got them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got a, uh, I've got an all black group to hunt with us out of California. Great guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I say they're not all black. They got a couple. That's a minority hunting club. Great, great guys. And they're from Oklahoma. They moved to LA. Great guys. Mm-hmm. So have you know have you is it is it for a black guy is it harder for you is it easier for you to get like permission what about like selling hunts like are hey, people I, I honestly don't know I mean I'm not really a people person so that kind of that kind of gives me a little ding whenever it comes to you know getting permission on stuff but I mean I haven't really noticed a difference from anybody else you know pretty much all the same thing right. you know it's kind of funny a lot of my guys will call the book a hunt and they'll talk to david weber on the phone and i sound like this and they'll show up and be like hey you know where's david (laughs) that's me that's me (laughs) oh you know i don't think that it's really held me back at all you know we've got a bunch of you know inside jokes and stuff but have you ever heard that story that charlie pride said about doing his roses in dallas he lived in a real affluent neighborhood and he was out working on his roses and this lady pulled up in cadillac or something she pulled up and she said Boy, you sure do a good job on the roses. He goes, well, thank you, ma'am. She goes, I'd like you to do mine. I live three houses down on the right right there. He said, okay. She goes, I'll pay you more than the lady's paying you now. He goes, I don't know if you can match what she's paying me. She goes, you tell me what it is, and I'll match it. He goes, well, she sleeps with me. (laughs) She she, uh, took off real quick. She didn't know that was his house. Oh shit! So you're not just running into these bunch of redneck Oklahoma guys that are like, no, no, no black guy's gonna hunt my field or anything like that. Oh, you're not seeing it. 
I think, you know, you might run into that, you know, I don't know. I, I've never had a problem with anybody about it. I, I think racism is way overrated. I think the media is trying to oh, push it. It's overhyped. Man, I, I think most people just use it as a, you know, as a gimme, you know, right. feel sorry for me. Hell, I live in freaking redneck USA and ain't never had a single problem with it. No, and that's what that's what I mean. If you're a good neighbor and a good person, people don't care. If you're no. a good fucking person, and I mean you do what you're supposed to do. Look, I don't want a piece of shit white person living across the street from me. Like, I don't give a fuck no. who you are. If you're a fucking shitty person, don't come near me because it's not going to be a good situation. But I, I do. I think that the media has overhyped this, and it's just hey, good people are good people, and ninety percent of this country is good people. Some of them just vote Democrat, but most people in this country are good people. But the media pushes the ten percent of assholes, no matter what color they are, and it causes too much divide for everybody else. Oh yeah, I, I like to stick to my own little slice of heaven out here with all hundred of my neighbors, and if I don't have to go near a big city, I don't. You know, we we all we are blessed, all of us. Well, Josh is now a resident of Nebraska, I think. So you're, you're you're blessed too, Josh. Living in the Midwest and small towns, we're blessed, man. I couldn't imagine living in the big cities and all that crap. Is it thunder in there, or is that here? Is it uh, right? It's sunshine here, a little windy. It sounds like thunder in the background. Maybe yeah. it's here. Did you get some? Did y'all get a bunch of rain last night? No, we, we haven't had any rain for probably two weeks. We're getting it all, hopefully. In May. When I come up there and go tornado chasing, you going to ride along with me for a little bit? Don't do it. Heck, I just might. Don't do it. You, Dave, need, you need to. David, don't do it. <laughs> so dangerous. What, t- tell everybody your website. and tell. Do, are you doing your woodworking? Are you selling stuff on uh, woodworking also? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I sell uh, most of my woodwork off of just my personal page, or you can go to uh, – uh, Pine Ridge on Facebook. That's a that's the Facebook page. They don't really do any websites or anything too fancy. I'm not too tech savvy. What about your uh, outfit? How can people get a hold of you there? Uh, you, you can find us on Facebook at a at Tri-State Outfitters. Um, we uh, do have an Instagram. Don't really keep up with it a lot, but I would say if you really want more info and stuff, just to follow me on my personal page. I probably keep that more up to date than anything else. And the last name is spelled W-E-B-E-R, correct? Yes, sir. That way people will know. Uh, you doing any hunting shows or anything this year? No. Nope. Oh, we word really about. don't do anything like that. Yeah, I think hunting shows are nine, nine, nine deal. I'm yeah. curious to yeah. see what the uh, attendance is at the... Yeah, you can get on YouTube and find a 10 times better hunt show than you can by turning on the outdoor channel. No, no, no. I mean going to actual outdoor shows to sell hunts like uh, the oh, Backwoods deal oh, in Oklahoma City. Like beauty shows. Yeah, are, mm-hmm. you, are you doing any of those? No. No, it's, just keep it simple. It's just so much easier. I mean, you can reach so many more people on Facebook. You can talk to them all year long. Mm-hmm. Easier. There was a Less time money. I really enjoyed going to the trophy hunters and stuff. Right. And boy, they're 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 sending me an email three times a day right now trying to get people to book. And I have a feeling that all them shows are about to die. The Ducks Unlimited has got a show the last weekend in June at Texas Motor Speedway outside. And I just think that's a horrible time to have an outdoor show. It's gonna be hotter than hell on that concrete. Hotter than a hoochie's coochie. That's exactly right. Uh, are you guys still locked down for COVID down there and all that? Fuck no. no. We, we hadn't been locked down ever, really. No. We don't even have to wear a mask anywhere now in Texas. Y'all are like that in Oklahoma, too, aren't you? Uh, yeah. My, my old lady did try to go into a stage or 
Macy's or something the other day, and they made her put on a mask. But you know that's over in you know liberal land, Oklahoma City. Yeah, they uh, there's still some places. Um, me and mom were in Dallas the other day at the Love Airport. I took my fucking mask off and was walking around, and I got some bad looks. I thought, fuck it, I'm in Texas. We don't have a mask law here. I'm not gonna wear it. But one the airplane, they're bad about that shit still. And boy, California. Whew. Fuckers, you see them all driving in a car, four of them riding together all with a mask on. I'm thinking, <laughs> screw that shit. No good. But, yeah, we're we're wide open down here, basically. Last year, I mean, really, March and April of last year were the only times that we kind of shut down. But by the end of summer, I think everybody in Texas was, especially in our neck of the woods, was just like, let's get going. E- even your small towns up there, the little cafes and stuff, you got to wear a mask in, or you did? Oh, no. See, that's no. what that was here, too. Well, my hunters would come driving in at the lodge, and you'd see them. They'd be looking around, and they'd see nobody wearing a mask anywhere, and you'd just say, well, phew, they'd take, the, take them off. Or I'd have a group come in wearing a mask. I was like, you don't have to wear them unless you want to. You're welcome to if that's what you want to look like. Fuck, there ain't nobody kept a mask on. That's what you want to look like. Yeah. If you want to look like a dumbass, go ahead and keep wearing it. And I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of people that – if someone wants to wear one, if they think it makes them feel if, yeah. safer, go ahead, knock yourself out. But I'm not going to wear one. We're going on vacation in Michigan as a family in June, and I have a feeling it's going to get canceled. I think we're screwed because of the the vaccine testing. What? I think they're going to have a vaccine passport required to go into Michigan. Do you just make shit up like read on it, every read episode? It, read it. Because every time you're just, oh, that's, that's blah, blah. Read it. <laughs> read it and look and see. They got well, the worst fucking governor in the world, and they're 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 spiking there. Well, I'm not getting the fucking Johnson and Johnson one. I'm not getting any pa- I'm well, not getting a vaccine. That's good. Huh? No. Yeah. Did you see that they put the Johnson and Johnson on hold. Yes. Blood clots. Yes. Well, they've had six people had blood clots out of seven million people. I think it's more politics. Johnson and Johnson, Woody Johnson and Donald Trump are big buddies, and I think it's got more to do with politics than it does actual. I mean, so what is it? They think Donald died. Trump. They, they six, think Donald Trump pulled the plug on this Johnson and Johnson. No, one? no, 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 no. Woody Johnson and Donald Trump are friends. Okay. Johnson and Johnson. He he. Uh, I think Woody was the. Uh, what's it called when you go to the to a different country and you're our diplomat, uh, whatever it is, ambassador to England. Okay. Trump gave him the ambassador to England, and I think the FDA said, "Fuck him. We're pulling our shit." You got no better numbers to keep. I think that's why. There's only been, there's been six people died of seven million. Okay, that's not very many deaths out of seven million shots. That's a, that's more than you want. One in a million. How many of the Moderna caused? I'll bet you. I, I would bet you that if you could prove it, I bet it's it's not no different. <sighs> I'm gonna. But hold on, we're gonna go back to Gretchen, whatever her name is in Michigan. Greta Van Susteren. No, Gretchen fucking, Whitmer. The, yeah. The, you read it, look it up, and see. In Michigan, is gonna go to a fucking vac, a COVID. The vaccine deal, where you got to have a vaccine passport, and if it does, I'm not going. Hmm. She hates America. I don't understand her. David, you understand the frustration of having to deal with Andy all the time? Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, see there? <laughs> Thanks a lot, David. That's what everybody says. That, that world-famous bullshit went to his fucking head. Well, like the Ashton Kutcher of the waterfowl world. <laughs> very, very good. But now he's going to think he looks like Ashton Kutcher. So thanks, David. We needed that. I do. Um, this says, okay, I'm just reading the cliff notes, but it says possibly 35 deaths from the Moderna. Told you. But like I, I said, I'm just, I'm just skimming because I, I can't, 
I can't fucking. And they may have given out 150 million of the Modernas. I don't know, but I'm just saying that the Johnson and Johnson death rate is not real, real, real high for what's happened. It's just politics. Hey, you know how pissed off I'd be if they told me how to get this damn vaccine for this super deadly, you know, virus or whatever. And then I get the vaccine and it kills me. Oh no shit! Yeah, no shit. I'd been better <laughs> off not getting it. A buddy of mine said he had a friend that got the got a COVID vaccination a month ago, and he's got COVID now. That that wouldn't surprise me. I want to know how we went from having no vaccine and now we've got three different ones. Yeah, fast warp speed. Uh, um, I think that everybody in America. Unless you live in a bubble, has been exposed to COVID. I can't. I can't imagine how you've escaped not having it or being or, or being exposed to it at least. Because they say that's why Texas numbers keep going down is because of herd immunity. So basically, everybody that's going to get it has already gotten it or exposed to it, and it's just there's nobody to infect anymore. Basically, in Texas. Well, why do we need a vaccine then? Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm not taking one. And we're not going to have a COVID a vaccine passport here in Texas, but some states are going to have it in some places. I'll talk to Brandon. I won't be going there. Orange County, California, I think they said they were. Well, help everybody that flies into Orange County. I mean, are they going to check your co- – airports are already fucking ridiculously slow. Could you imagine if every son of a bitch that landed there, they made you show a document that you've been fucking, fucking juiced up? I'll talk to Brandon and see what he's, see what he's uh, hearing on the ground. Okay. I just want to know how many employers are going to say we can't hire you because you don't have, you know, this this vaccine. Is that going to you happen? Know, how it's going to affect your daily life. Is that going to happen at Tri-State Outfitters? Oh, heck no. No, me, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's going to be kooky times. We're not out of it yet. That's 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 for sure. No, we're not. Well, David, we wish you the best of season. If we can do anything to help you, please let us know. We appreciate you being our first Outfitter Series guide. All right, awesome. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. You, you, you bet. You have a wonderful day, and uh, keep those woodworking pictures coming up. I, I like looking at all the stuff you do. All right, thank you. Thank you, see sir. You, you have a good day. Bye. All right, we'll see it. David Weber. Not Weber, as Jeff was trying to tell everybody. <laughs> Weber. Great guy, great guy. I laughed so hard when I saw his deal about the applications. Mm, piss people just right on off. No, nah, probably not, because he probably about like, I am. He has ran those people off his page years ago. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. Wish him the best. Young, young guy. Yep. And we need more of those people in the hunting business. More of the people in the hunting business. All right. What you got going on today? Anything? Mm-mm. Day off? I'm going to go put up uh, game cameras at one of our turkey places. There's turkey shit everywhere. I can't get eyes on them. I've been over there a handful of times. Like I said, the fucking birds just are not gobbling off of the roost. And I don't know. I, it's got to be because they've all got hens still. Well, everybody I've talked to has had a has had a different spring season. It's been <clears throat> it's been weird. And I, I the only thing that I can the only thing I can figure out is that they've just got hens and that they don't they don't have to gobble. So, um like I said, there's turkey shit everywhere, there's signs everywhere, so um usually if that's happening, you know, you just go hunt over there and then the fucking bird appears. So that's not happened. So I'm going to go put up a couple game cameras and uh, see what time they're, they're hitting this little spot. Because the amount of turkey shit that's over there, they're coming quite often. It's not just a, hey, here's a lone bird passing through. It's they're coming and staying there for a while. So 
I got to figure it out. We got guys coming in on Friday, so. And what temperatures? 56, 54 for highs. And then we are done with turkey season. That last week was a fucking No, it's not either. Buster. No, we're not. What do you mean? You have hunts the next week. Excuse me? You did not tell me this. It's been on the calendar. You need to go look at it. I don't... You say that shit. Nobody fucking looks at the calendar, but you. <laughs> I do. Well, yeah, that's kind of And what... that's your job. It's, it's a fucking relay to me. Okay, well, I'm relaying to you. You said the group of three this weekend was all. No, then you got Steve and Dickie. They don't count. <laughs> okay, they think they do. Ah, oh, fuck them. They don't count. <laughs> they know they don't count. They're going to get what's left of me. I, I had three calls yesterday for turkey hunts, and I told all three of them that we were booked for the season. We're done. We're done. Yep. We are fucking, we're done. <laughs> all right. Um. Ooh, let me tell you, a week of turkey hunting is comparable to like almost a month of waterfowl <laughs> hunting. It's fucking in the morning. You hunt all, all fucking day. You hunt till 11. You go home for a little bit. Throw some food in your face. You're out all fucking night. All, I mean, you until know, dark almost. Until dark. Well, then you got to go back home. You got to eat. You got to see. You got to say hi to your kids at some point. I don't know how I used to fucking do it because we used to a long time ago. You didn't have kids, and we don't sell this package anymore, so don't even ask about it. Well, don't even bring it up. <clears throat> it was the turkey hog combo. Yeah, I had a guy ask about that, and I said, "No, we don't do that." Fuck a bunch of that because I can remember you wake up. So here's my here's where I am as a as a hunter. Getting bitchy is what you are. I tell my guys I'm going to pick you up 5.50. What time, what time would you get up if you had to pick people up at 5.50? 5 o'clock. Well, you're not too far off. I get up at 4.45. Okay, 15 more minutes. You make coffee, though. I don't. I make coffee. I want to make sure my bowels have evacuated. I don't want to have to do that out here. There's too many rattlesnakes. So I'm up at 4.45. I pick them up. We hunt till 11. Go home and eat. Work out. I fucked up last week because you were gone, and we recorded everything the week before. Well, Easter weekend fucked me up. Yeah. I was going to get all the shit done during the weekend. Yeah, you told me you were going to do that, but and you not didn't. not have anything. Fuck. When did I have time? I don't know, Andy. I had 18 different fucking Easter's I had to go to. That's your fault. For having a big family that wants to see me? I'm sorry I'm fucking appealing and want you people have, to be around me. You should have one family on each side, and that would be the end of it. I can't, I can't help, I can't, you know, what I the said. fuck, people split up. Zach didn't come to our family one, I didn't get mad at him. He was at one, though. Well, I understand, he chose to not come to ours. But he was at one, but he, he wasn't only, just he sitting went, at home. He went to two. Well. He's smarter, you he, went to 18. He, he's a lucky one. So, I had to edit podcasts during my little break, which was terrible. You're also, your wife and kids left for four or five days. No, that was this weekend. Oh, well, you should have told them to leave earlier. Um... And then you go out in the afternoon, you hunt till dark, and then you eat. So it's fucking 10, 10, 30 by the time you watch something. You realize you're whining to people that would dream to love to do what you do for a living? I'm not whining. But, I mean, do you realize that? I'm not whining. There's a guy I'm fucking just, sitting in traffic right now in a big city thinking, shut the fuck up. No, I'm just saying that a week of turkey hunting, it's comparable. It's almost like waterfowl season. Well, I was waterfowl tired a couple and, and, days and ago. And again, there's a guy right now that's been sitting in traffic for an hour and a half each morning, each way, and he's like, he's bitching about that shit. He should be in this shit every day. Do you think he evacuates his bowels before that long traffic commute? I would have to. Because if you're on the fucking freeway and you got to go, you got to shit before. I couldn't. What, shit? 
No, I just can't imagine having to deal with that shit. Oh, it'd suck. And I don't know. That's what's funny is I had a guy one time ask me. He goes, "Where's the best steakhouse out here to eat at?" I go, "If I'm gonna go, if me and Michelle are gonna go somewhere to eat a steak, I used to go to the Beehive in Albany, mm-hmm. best best restaurant in North Texas at one time. Still supposed to be pretty good. I think they're kind of liberal now. So the I mean, Beehive, I think so. Liberal, I think I think so. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, but anyways, we used to go there to eat all the time. Like, got to wear a mask still. No, like fucking liberals, like blue voters, Democrat voters. I understand that, but if That's, the Democrats are still wearing masks. Well, I don't know. I just, I think it's changed a lot. Huh. Anyways, we used to go there to eat very, very good food. And I'm sure their food is still wonderful. But we would go there to eat. And the guy asked me, he goes, how far is that? So it's about an hour away. Oh, God, damn, I ain't driving an hour to eat. I go, how far do you drive to work every day? Oh, usually I'm in traffic an hour to hour and a half. And you're, what's the difference between driving an hour in an open road at 70 miles an hour or driving bumper-to-bumper traffic for an hour? It's still an well, they hour. Well, don't, they, don't, they don't equate the two because they they got a good steakhouse around the corner probably. So they're doing that for work. But in the Metroplex, if you want to go eat somewhere, you want to go to Nate's and have Cajun food in right. North Dallas, you got to drive a while to get to it if you're in Fort Worth. That's what's weird about out here. So, you know, we went from Lubbock to out here. Uh-huh. It's 20 minutes in traffic. Maybe thirty to get you know from one side of Lubbock to the other if traffic's bad, but you get out here, and you're like, "Fuck, I don't want to go to Stamford to eat. That's thirty minutes away." But it's that's the same. But it's the same thing in Lubbock. You're just going across town and you hit traffic or whatever. I told you guys, we drive an hour. You know what's the difference? If you live in Fort Worth and you want to go to a fancy, nice steakhouse in Grapevine or Dallas, you would do it. You would do it every day. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Right. An hour's an hour. Let's go back to the beehive. I did not know this. He, that guy's a, he's a fucking... I don't know the whole story, so I'm not going to really get into it. But, I'm just but he's an you. immigrant. You would figure that he would be the last one to pump some of these... That's the biggest bar tab I've ever had in my life was there one night, too. Raised in Iran. Yes, they're Iranians. That's exactly right. It all says it right here. Yeah. But I've heard that they've gotten pretty liberal. Um, What was your, what I, was your bar tab? A lot. A lot. How many people did you have? Or did you buy the whole rest? Did you get drunk and like buy no, the whole restaurant? No, no, Was it no, one no, of those no. deals? Like no. shots for everybody. It was your mom's birthday and there was three couples went and I paid for everything. The bar. What was, was it? A bunch. I don't know how. $500? A bunch. I don't know how. $600. A bunch, bunch. I don't know how. how can I don't six know. people. That's what I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it was my fucking tab when we left there was a bunch. You like, paid for just everybody's drinks, or you paid for their meals also? I hope I paid for meals also, but it was a bunch. I was, I was like, God Almighty, motherfucker! That's exactly I think the exact word I used. <laughs> it's kind of like that tractor tab we just got. You're like, motherfucker! Yeah, I yeah. Where did this bring up from? Yeah, I was like, I couldn't. I said, yeah, just give me the bill. I'm paying for all of it. And I think I was the only sober one. Is also why I ended up paying for it. But it was it was a bunch. <laughs> Did y'all carpool over there? Yes. That's not a road that you want to fuck up. No, and be I was on. I was sober driving home. But uh, everybody was in your vehicle. Yes. Yes. Well, that's too bad. A couple that we're friends with from Stanford and a couple that we're friends with from Fort Worth were with us. We dropped the people off in Stanford and we came home with people from Fort Worth. And it was a lot. A bunch. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I thought, well, your mom had an expensive birthday. Mm. Mm mm mm. It was a good time. Yeah, it is. 
I like that place. It's got a cool, cool vibe. I think the women were drinking panty melters to start off before we ate. And I think I that thought was that a, was like a made up deal that Matt made up. No, there's pan, it's, it's Brandy Alexander's. I think is what it's called, but it's oh. called panty melters. But I think it, they're called Brandy, but they're about ten bucks a pop. And there's six of them. That didn't take very long. I didn't drink a Brandy Alexander, but let's say just the women did, and they had about eight a piece. I like the Brandy Alexander. That doesn't surprise anyone. No, I can't. I can't uh, fucking drink anything without coming under scrutiny. I find something that I like. I don't understand where whiskey sour is a girl drink, and they were making fun of you for that. I don't know. I don't get that. It's whiskey. And Bangtail whiskey is really good, and you really like it. I just, here's the deal. I like what I like. No, then you should be proud of it, Andy. It's I'm, not, you, I'm not ashamed of it. It's the way you come across, though, with people. That's why. You come across as a, a dickhead. And, and, and it's just, it's your attitude about stuff. Anything that's fancy schmancy, you think you're a part of it. That's what's funny about it. Wait until you see the outfit that I've got planned for next year. Outfit for what? To guide in. Who the fuck thinks of an outfit to guide in? See, that's the kind of shit right there that I'm talking about. You're going to love it. An outfit. It's, it's a whole ensemble. Nobody guides with an ensemble. They it's just put on their ensemble. fucking hunting clothes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, fedora, what are we fucking gonna doing here? Nice. I'm gonna have my fucking I'm gonna have my fucking pipe that I just found that Matt Sullivan gave me. It's gonna be fancy fucking schmancy. I might have to do it on one of my days off because I might have a fucking flask in there. Or just do it whenever Logan and them are here. They wouldn't mind if I have a little have a little My insurance company doesn't, so do I. So we're not doing I didn't alcohol. say I was gonna shoot. I'll just be there looking good, feeling good. This is the shit. Smoking my pipe. Andy, this is the shit that I'm talking about right here. What How did hell? I sound like a dickhead? What were we going to eat the other day? How did I sound like a dickhead? I don't even remember. Just the way you, you my ensemble. That's what it is. Nobody guides with an ensemble. I'm not guiding because I'm going to be fucking drinking in the blind. I'm Three sheets to the wind. I'm not guiding that day. It's going to be on my day off. It'll um, be fun hunting. An ensemble. There was something that we were talking about eating the other day that, uh, and I was like, oh, this is so Andy. It's just so. But you were eating it. No, no, I haven't eaten shit in two weeks. This was something we we're talking about eating the other day. Some food, and I thought that's that's got Andy wrote all over it. And I, and I don't even remember what it was, but it was some fucking keep your finger pointed out type meal that you would eat. And I thought that Andy do that just even if he didn't like it, he would do it just because he thought it looks impressive to someone. Like beef tartare. Beef tartare was good. Oh well, you can't do anything fancy without coming under scrutiny. I didn't give you scrutiny for it. I liked it. It was good. I like ceviche. Ooh, fancy. Is that fancy? I don't think ceviche is oh, fancy. It's, oh, it's fucking fancy, It's not fancy. fancy. It's a poor dock. It's raw fish with some fucking citrus on it. It's good. But whatever it was was something that was English kind of snobby bullshit. And I thought, yeah, well, that's Andy's up there. Have us all over to eat dinner like that. What's wrong with one good things? There's not, nothing. Some things are okay. What's wrong with it? It's nothing. It's just like you try to. Find shit that no one else would do because you think it's impressive. Obviously, somebody's doing this because I got the ensemble off of fucking Ense- somebody else wearing en- it. Ensemble. And 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 you look quite British. And and, <laughs> and Matt Sullivan is now your. He sent me a pipe. That was awful nice. That was awful wide. Open. Smoking pipe, not a crack pipe. Well, I understand that from a couple years ago. And you've I never t- used it. I've used it a couple times. I'm not very good at it. You're not very good at smoking a pipe. I don't think that fucker burns out all the time. <laughs> He's not good at it, Josh. <laughs> Am I? I took it on the gentleman's hunt. Constantly having to relight that fucker. A gen- what gentleman's hunt? The one that we did down here, one of the last days of the year. Who was on a gentleman's hunt? Me, Stoner, and Bo. And Blake. We're all you sub-gages. Who's the gentleman? 
Me, I had a fucking pipe, Jeff. You don't get more gentlemanly than that. Well, I mean, I, I, so that's what consider. So, if someone has a pipe, they're a gentleman. It was uh, it was a sub gauge hunt. I understand that, but a fun are you, are you saying hunt. you're a gentleman if you have a pipe? Is that what made you a gentleman? It's just what we called it. Okay. I don't get in. Okay. Stoner's the one that fucking called it a gentleman's hunt the day before when they had a good hunt. Well, he he's from the East Coast. He's got a little bit more blue blood in him, so he's probably got more gentleman he's skills a, than he's, you. He's a wasp. I don't see him worrying about his ensemble though. We should all get matching ensembles that would, day. Would you consider Blake an ensemble wearer? No, Blake is lucky if he has if he has anything that matches. If he has shoe, if he has two shoes that go together, he he's doing good. What are the chances of Blake just showing up with actually a coat or something if he needs one? <laughs> what did he forget this year? Bibs? This, yeah, he never has nothing cold. <laughs> I mean, you're coming to hunt and you forgot your bibs. I'll never forget in Oklahoma. He goes, "Hey, get my black hoodie for me." Okay. <laughs> There's a black fucking thing in my back seat that's his. I can give it to him. I drive off. Comes in. He's shivering when the hunt's over. He's like, my black hoodie. That's no, just a fucking black pullover. Like, what the fuck? I didn't know. It's paper thin and shit. It's the fuck I didn't know. Uh, then, he was looking, shit. then he was looking under my seat one day. He comes in the house in Oklahoma. He goes, where's your coat? I go, it should be in my truck under the back seat. I said, no, I took it out. Fuck. <laughs> it's raining out there, and I forgot my stuff. <laughs> So if you get in your back seat and it's all torn up, it's because I was looking for your jacket. I'll send I'll send everybody links to this and we can all coordinate it for the day that uh, we're going to do this ensemble hunt. The so ensemble just give hunt. us tell us what you're wearing. Did you get you some um, knickers? No, I'm not going to go that far. Why? That looks a little. You know bad. what, Josh? What Andy is? Andy's that dickhead you see on a golf course that thinks he's Payne Stewart. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm a good hunter though. Yeah, fucking with the fucking. So, so. But I'm a good hunter, so a, I can fucking. Are you gonna wear a cocksucker's hat? What's a the uh, little beanie I hat? I don't know. I don't. know. You don't know. I might. So, did you have? You've got a. You've got a uh, wool vest. You've got a uh, Filson vest. Well, you know, right? I, I don't want to give too much away, Jeff. So, are we going with wheel tw- or tweed pants? Oh yeah, tweed pants. Oh, oh fuck. What yeah. are we gonna wear for shoes? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably just my Danners. Those are pretty fancy. Looking. No, you. If you're gonna do this, Andy, you got to look English. You need some English boots. Uh, those Danners look pretty good. Are you gonna have the light thin like straps that they wear sometimes over them, like the? Uh, I'll see if I can find the picture. You're fo- you're you're put you're forcing me into a corner here. I might just go cigars that day. I don't know. But you're not a cigar smoker. <laughs> you're not. You might be that day. Might be, might be you, more. When you smoke a cigar, do you actually inhale it in your lungs? Fuck no, you don't inhale it. Well, I know that. But I was just wondering if Andy did. Why would I do that? Well, I don't, I've seen people that inhale them. No, you haven't. Yes, I have, Nobody too. fucking inhales a cigar. You see an old Everybody fucking man walk around town with a stogie? I bet, you're all, I bet your grandpa does. I bet he but, did. I bet he did. I bet he does not. You don't think he did back in the day? No. I, I, fuck, I don't know. Does he still chew on cigars? Yeah. He tried to quit, but everybody's got their vices. How old is he? Uh, I don't know. Now I can't find this fucking picture. I'm going to look good. But let me tell you, if if some hunters of mine... Oh, there it is. There she is. The one on the left or the one on the right? I, I don't know. I th- I'm thinking... <laughs> oh, <damn>. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait for that day. God almighty. <laughs> See, they've both, they've both got cigars. Oh, you look like an Orvis cocksucker is what you look like for that shit. <laughs> you should be fucking at the, at the, at the, in Britain hunting with the queen. Let me see that. They have to wear that shit. It's a fucking uniform, Jeff. You know, if you would, 
if, if you watch The Crown, the series, they do a lot of pheasant hunting stuff in the 40s and 50s. That's probably what they're doing. They, all of them look just like that. You need to show that. Put that on the fucking YouTube real I quick. I think I can. I don't know how I can do it. Unless I just show it on my camera. I don't know. Or you could get on your computer and look up cocksucker hunting outfit and it was sure well, to pop up. Let me see. Let me see. I might be able to do something. What would... Could you imagine, though, if um, a hunter... What would you think if your hunters rolled out of their pickup wearing that shit? I've had a group of guys here do that. That wore that? Yes, a bunch of Dallas uh, up top blue buds. Yes, I did have a group that come here all dressed in tweeds, and then they pheasant hunted with Dad. I thought, boy, this ought to be a fucking real fucking <laughs> interesting day. Dad come in. Oh, they tip really good. They bring nice guys. They just little dressed a little goofy. But uh, they were on a gentleman's hunt also. But uh, I've seen guys. Now, not the hunters come in, because if we had a table full of guys like that, I would just think they're a bunch of dickheads like Andy over there. But That's ugly. But if you walk in to guy to hunt and the people didn't know you and you come in wearing that shit, they'd be like, who in the fuck is this dude? You think so? Wouldn't you, Josh? Hey, I'm yeah. <laughs> well, no, like you got to. That's the shit Jamie Holstein would have done. Well, yeah, he's fucking, he's a wasp. There it is. There All right, it's up on YouTube. What is a wasp? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Okay. What are so the knickers is those plaid? What are those things on the back, above his? I don't know. I think it's like socks? something that I think it's something Aaron Rodgers wears whenever he plays football. I don't know. <laughs> See, I'm thinking if I can if I can look a little bit like the guy on no, the right. No, if you're gonna do it, you got to go like the left. You know, I've got a jacket at home that's that jacket almost. Which one? I've this got one? a I've got the a brown one. I've got a polo Ralph Lauren jacket, all weather jacket. I think you took to tech with you that, that fits that oh, mold. Right. That's what that jacket is. It's an old barn English hunting jacket. And then I got to get the yellow hunting glasses, the shooting glasses. That's a fucking, that is a must. That jacket, I'm going to get so skinny I can wear it this winter, and that's about a $1,000 coat. See, he's got a Filson bag right here. That's a, that's a Filson bag. Is this I, a Filson ad? No, fuck. I just, I can't, I was just scrolling through Instagram. Scoot it over to the right a little bit further where I can see it because the lights got me blocked. I was just scrolling through Instagram one day and. What were you looking at? Dudes? Uh, No, like, you know how, like, if you go to, like, the the search page or whatever, it just has hunting pictures and this popped up and I'm like, you know what? I've also got some Charles Daly yellow shooting glasses. Oh, I got to, I got to wear those that day. (laughs) I got to pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the coat is cool. The, the coat's not a bad looking jacket. Those pants, though. No, that's the fucking key. And you got to wear them. And the fuckers are right at his fucking knees or above they his gotta knees. They got to be tucked in. Those look like 1913 football pants. Yeah, I think that's something like Johnny Unitas played football in. Yeah, they're pheasant hunting in Scotland or somewhere. Oh, I guarantee you, it's somewhere fancy. Oh, yeah. You ain't wearing that shit down to fucking Bob's bait house. Motherfucker will be all red dirt by the time I'm done with it. Are you going to get your little scarf like that? I'm going to go tie. <laughs> For people that are just listening to this shit, you've got to look at this on YouTube, this picture of Andy, what he's going to be wearing. I'm going to go bow tie. Oh, that would be, uh, that would set it off. No, 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 not, not a bow tie, not a bow tie, just a regular tie. That's what he's got on in the pink shirt. I'll tell you what, I'll pay you yeah. extra money every day this winter if you wear that to the lodge. <laughs> every day if you wear that as your outfit, an outfit like that every day to work. <laughs> Why? With a cocksucker hat too? Oh, yeah. Do you, you see that a lot in the Northeast, don't you? That, that, type, that style hat? Josh don't hang out at them kind of Not places. Not so much anymore? No. There's no. a bunch of old. My grandpa Cordy wore one of them some bitches every day. That's an old school. That's an old timey hat. That's you, a, thir- a 20s it, and 30s it, look. That was normal look then. It fell out of style. See, and this is what fucking hunting needs. This is what hunting needs. We well, need more motherfuckers taking a little bit of pride in how they look 
Well, then I wish I would like to see you start this and wear that every day here. I'm not gonna wear it every day, Jeff. We could get a special outfit. First of all, I would do it's, this I'm as only, a dress code for all my out guides, but I'm only wearing it for Logan. But I don't think that we can get this in Blake's size and everything. <laughs> he's not slimmed up that much. Blake's big boned. I didn't say he's fat. I'm just saying Blake's big boned. So I don't know if they have that. People took pride back in these days in how they looked. They took a little bit of pride. I bet. I, the, I bet. The, I bet that gun is just crystal clean. This guy's got twenty-seven layers of clothes on. You know what? I did take a guy hunting one time when I got him back. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Prideful. This is what pride gets you. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars gun. Andy, you just got your fucking gun that shoots this year. Jeff, easy with this. <laughs> I mean, that's what you said. I mean, you've got the. I want to see you dress like that for dove season one day. Dove season? Well, yeah. Well, I, oh, you only can be prideful during one day of the year? Jeff, they got on 14 layers of fucking clothes. <laughs> oh, no shit. 120 degrees during dove season. Yes. Anyway. Do you have any more pictures like this that you gave? Or is that the only one that That's you found? That's the only one I found. <laughs> <laughs> be, looking, be looking fucking sporty, though. I don't know where you could find those pants. Oh, somebody sells them. Yeah. The one on the right, Jeff. That guy's normal looking almost. He wouldn't even fit out nowhere. He's just got an old uh, military sweater on is what they call those, I think. I'm you can more, buy them and kill I'm going kill the fucking pants on the right. I can't, I can't no, do pants on the right. No, fuck no. That, you don't even that's look. Just, that's, that's not just, even prideful, Andy. If just, you're going to wear the deal, you got to go like the guy on the left. Jeff, I don't want to be a snob. You're not going to be a snob. You're going to be the same dumbass that you are before. You're just going to be wearing some fancy fucking pants. People all, people you can already, put lipstick on a pig. It's still a fucking pig. People already make fun of me. Well, that's because you're an asshole. Well, see if I. What do you like think the they would have for lunch that day there at, uh, at the house or at the club? Probably beef tartare and some shucked oysters and maybe a lobster bisque. Something you know, really filling, okay. really really filling. What do you think their drink of choice would be? <clears throat> scotch. I think so too. And you're not a Scotch drinker without a Milky Way. So oh, I love Scotch. That takes you out of that deal. That's what's going to be in my flask. You don't even drink Scotch, Jeff. What's a bottle of Scotch you're going to drink? Glenn Levitt. Uh, you got to go really over to the top if you're going to have this. I don't have to go over the top. Yeah, you need at least something. Johnny Walker Blue. Uh, Jeff, I'm only going. I'm only going to take a couple nips. I'm not going to be three sheets. Well, you might as well buy fucking Cuddy Sark because you don't drink Scotch anyway. So we might as well buy a bottle that costs eight dollars for a gallon. I'll have a Milky Way though. Milky Way cigar and Scotch are going to be my blind. Snacks Wh- what's with day. your drink of choice now? This. Uh, this old fashioned you're doing whiskey sour. It's whiskey sour. Yeah, because I've had whiskey sour before, and um, whiskey sour is a fun drink. I've had some fun times with whiskey sours, but I didn't have no egg stuff on top of it. I know that's right, but I had the bar version to try to get drunk coeds drunk, but just a sour mix and some Southern Comfort. What do you so so you're having bang tail? What do you put in your whiskey sour? It's just simple syrup, lemon, and uh, egg white. And bag, bag and tail. And, bag and tail. How, how do you do your egg whites? And I'm not being a smart ass. I'm really curious here. because You just put your egg white in the so shaker. So it's basically a meringue. That's what, the, that's what the... She looks good. See, that's what I'm talking about. Fucking prideful. Shooting yeah, the side looks, by side. She's smoking hot, though. You're not. I'm smoking hot, Jeff. I'm working on it. Okay, well, anyway. The egg white just creates a foam layer on top. That's all that it does. How, so, so how do you make that? You've, you've got a creamer that you make no, your you egg in? No, put everything together. Put everything in a shaker. Oh, no shit? And shake it up. And then the egg comes to the top. Yeah, because you whip it, basically, when you shake it. How, are you sticking just, you're just putting egg whites, though. 
only egg white. You go. So you mix the bangtail. You go shot of whi- syrup. shot of whiskey. Okay. Half a shot of simple syrup. I just use one lime. I mean, it can be plus or minus. It's supposed to be half a shot of uh, lime lemon juice, and then just an egg white, and then, and then you, you fucking shake it. shake it for about thirty seconds, twenty seconds, thirty seconds. And then the egg white's on top. And then you put ice in it, shake it again for about 10 seconds, and then you just pour it. And then the egg white goes where it's supposed to I'll go. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. That's interesting. You don't dry shake it and shake it? Yeah. There's a process here. So you dry shake And that's what I like. And then people are giving me shit because I like it. One guy gave you shit. Oh, everybody does. I don't understand how whiskey sour would be considered a foo-foo drink at all. I, I just don't. No different like well, drinking some an old-fashioned. I mean, some people think, fucking, like, if you got to put, if you put fruit in it, it's foo-foo. Like, I like, I'm going to fucking incriminate myself here, but I like Blue Moon. I like to have an orange with my Blue Moon. But some people think if you got to have fruit in a drink, it's foo-foo automatically. Well, well, I don't like, I like, my favorite drink is probably... A mojito is probably my favorite drink. And I like mules, too. I don't like mint, and I don't like... Uh, what's in mule? I don't like ginger. Ginger beer I don't like that. with vanilla vodka is... I, I like. It's got a little sweetness to it. So you can't have beer anymore, either. Well, I don't drink that much beer anyways, but the way I drink beer, the way I prefer to drink beer, yes, I can. Why? Because I can take beer, and I can put lemon juice in it and salt and ice and drink and get over ice. That kills the carbonation that's yes. in it? Yeah, there's no, there's not no, uh, it's not fizzy then. It takes the carbonation out when you put the lemon juice in it. Hmm. Have you not, like a red draw, red draw's not, not, fizzy? not fizzy either. <clears throat> I don't know if I can or not. I hadn't even got to that point in the deal. But that's the way. If I like beer, that's the way I like beer. I like beer with over over ice with salt and a lot of lemon juice in it. And but I'm not a big beer drinker. But it tastes good that way to me. I'm gonna miss having a beer every once in a while. Every once in a while, like the the sloppy Takati. Yeah, those are good. Or a Dasecki with a lot of lime on it. They're good. But Jeff, would you wear an outfit like that with me? No. Why? Well, I don't want people to call me a dumb cocksucker like they're going to call you. No, I will not wear something like that. What if we went with Logan together and we both dressed like that? It would be fun. And make Logan look like the only normal one? No. It would be fun. Everybody would have a ball. I bet Logan would dress like that with you. I bet Rebel ain't. <laughs> I promise you Rebel's ass ain't dressing like that shit. Logan can be the one on the left. I'll be the one on the right. Well, he'd pull it off better than you would on the left. Probably. He's a, he's That's a more, why he he's can, a more fit-looking guy. He is. He's built like a sh- brick shit house. You know, him and his wife, we're going to go to Mexico together this summer, I think. Oh, so we're not hunting together then this year. Who? Me and Logan. Why? If y'all are going to Mexico. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I don't mind Logan going, but his wife's really good-looking, so I'm going to really enjoy having her there with us to look it at. Was, it was nice knowing y'all. Logan has really good taste in the wife. It was nice knowing y'all. It is. It's been real nice. I, I, just hope, I just hope that uh, hope it's quick. We may go to the Bahamas or somewhere if Mexico's closed down. But I think getting we're your go. fucking toenails pulled out, and you're gonna be like, I really wish I'd have listened to Andy a long time ago. Well, he told me he wanted you and Jesse to go. I'm not going. I've, I've, what if we go to the Bahamas? We're going too many. We're going too many places. Says who? We're going to too many places. Well, until I got my bill a minute ago that Tony told me about, I thought I was going on one. <laughs> I may be going on one less vacation now. All right, let's get the hell off here. I got to go to court. Go to court. Yeah, I've it's Wednesday. Deal. I know. I've got a deal. I got to do. Oh. All right. What is this about? Jeff? I can't talk about it. Secret society stuff? No, just court shit. I can't talk about. Okay. 
Well, it's been fun. All right. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Go check out all of our sponsors. Check out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. They are back with a vengeance. Uh, check out Lucky Duck, Dirty Duck Coffee, Boss Shot Shells, Dive Bomb Industries, Blind Grass, Not Just a Grass Company, Pacific Calls, BHP Safety 25%, Gundog Outdoors, Goose Creek Retrievers, Bangtail Whiskey, and Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. 